everyone. Welcome to the Defiant Podcast. The internet of money is being built with blockchain technology and without banks. We call it DeFi, short for decentralized finance. And this is where you can hear the builders and users of this cutting edge world tell their stories firsthand. I'm your host, Camila Russo. In this week's episode, I speak with some of the creators and investors behind Stoner Cats the NFT-infused adult cartoon show. Now, for those who haven't been paying attention, that may sound kind of weird, but here's the deal. Stoner Cat is a cartoon show about a group of cats who become sentient from their owner's marijuana. Lisa Sturbakov, one of the show's producing partners, said they weren't getting very good offers from traditional investment avenues since not many investors and studios wanted to be associated with drug content. So Mila Kunis, the famous actress whose production company, Archer Farm, is behind the show, thought of using NFTs for financing. But this is not just another NFT drop. Holders of these tokens are the only ones who have access to watch the show. So these NFTs become something like a streaming subscription. The team released 10,420 NFTs, centered around one of the seven characters in the show last week. And there are famous humans behind these cats. Ethereum creator Vitalik Buterin is one, and Jane Fonda is another. Ashton Kutcher's VC fund is also involved. With all these big names, there was huge anticipation around this NFT sale. So much so that the demand made Ethereum gas prices spike, so that many purchases didn't go through and over $700,000 were lost in failed transactions. Ashton Kutcher said that after this interview was recorded, that the team is going to personally gift ETH to cover all failed transaction fees. Producer Lisa Sturbakov, investors Maria Bajwa and Morgan Beller, and NFT creator Jonathan Howard talk about the motivation behind Stoner Cats, how NFTs are changing the game for creators, what the chaotic launch was like for them, and how they got Vitalik to join the show, as well as even more behind-the-scenes scoops. Before we get to it, here's a word about our sponsors. The new Kraken app is one of the best places to invest in some of the most popular DeFi assets like Uniswap, Aave, Polkadot tokens, and more. Just download the app and get started in minutes. Plus, you can earn additional rewards through Kraken's industry-leading staking product. Payouts are twice a week and you can earn up to 20% annually on some of your favorite cryptos. Sign up today at kraken.com defiant or type Kraken in the App Store to learn more. Don't let high gas costs keep you out of Ethereum. At Balancer, you can trade all you want and get most of the gas costs back in your pocket. In their new Bal for Gas campaign, traders are receiving six figures worth of Bal tokens every week. And with V2 just around the corner, Balancer is becoming the one-stop shop for DeFi liquidity. Balancer V2 brings stable pools and weighted pools tightly integrated under a single protocol, flash loans, lending via asset managers, and much more. Check it out at balancer.finance. Ensign provides an easy way to build, scale, and monetize DeFi investment strategies. If high gas prices are shutting you out of DeFi, fear not. Ensign is now running a gas subsidy program. The app makes it easy for investors to pull together on strategies lowering costs. The Ensign interface allows anyone to trade, lend, deposit to AMM pools, farm, stake, and more. It is a non-custodial solution and allows for real-time reporting, security, and transparency. Sign up today on Enzyme.finance. 
Experience DeFi, Deposit, Earn and Borrow on Aave. Aave is a decentralized open source and non-custodial liquidity protocol to earn interest on deposits and borrow assets. Deposit and start earning interest in real time directly in your wallet and swap any of your deposited assets at any time to get some of the best deals on the market. Aave protocol liquidity pools are now available on Ethereum and on the sidechain Polygon. Head over to app.ave.com to get started today. The Index Co-op is on a mission to make crypto investing simple, accessible, and safe for everyone. They've built the market-leading index products, DPI, the DeFi Pulse Index, MPI, the Metaverse Index, and BED, for one-click crypto exposure. Additionally, their flexible leverage series grants safe 2x exposure to popular crypto assets like ETH or BTC with low liquidation risk and low cost to maintain your position. To buy or learn more about these products, go to indexcoop.com. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I am so excited to have you all on the Defined podcast uh, for listeners. Um, I have a uh, uh, a really nice group of uh, uh, people in the Stonery Cats uh, team, and I will let them all introduce themselves and, and tell us about um, their, their backgrounds. But um, for those who have been kind of living under a rock, uh, I'm sure if you're a defiant listener, you'll know about this project. But I, I'm really excited to to hear um, about how it all uh, started Uh this SonarCat project with like big names behind it, um, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, uh, Vitalik, Buterin, Jane Fonda, like star <laughs> cast, um, and also NFT enabled and uh, made the Ethereum network crash. People were saying cats are always doing this to Ethereum. So hugely popular right from the get-go. Um, and here we have the uh, investors and makers of this awesome project. So super excited to have you all here. Excited to be here. Thank, Thank you. you. So excited to be here. Awesome. Um, okay. So um, uh, why don't we go around and with with uh, like introductions? Um, so, uh, Lisa, do you want to start? Uh, tell us uh, kind of your your background, how you got into crypto, and your involvement with uh, Stoner Cats. Uh, my name is Lisa Sturbikov, and I'm a, um, I'm Mila's producing partner. So I I'm on this team that's here. I'm the very Hollywood side of things. Um, so I got involved in this because we had a need being, we had a wonderful project that we wanted to get out into the world and we felt like this was the best way to do it. So I got into crypto from a really personal artistic need with my, um, our incredible creators. And then these people came on to make this work. Perfect. Um, Morgan. I'm Morgan Beller. Thank you for having us today. I work at a firm called NFX, which is an early stage venture fund. And we can get into kind of the origin of the story, but I was in the right place at the right time when Lisa and Mila decided to experiment with different ways to fund this show, Stoner Cats. And I feel lucky to be part of the team. Awesome. Um, Maria? Hi, um, I'm Maria Bajwa. I've been uh, working on the venture side. I work for a venture fund called uh, Sound Ventures. 
uh, with with Ashton, um, and I've been covering crypto for us for the last four and a half years. Uh, I have a weekly crypto newsletter that goes out to you know a few hundred folks that like talks about everything that's happening in the space. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited about NFTs and and how we can use it to change different industries, including entertainment. Perfect. And then Jonathan. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, I'm Jonathan Howard. I'm the CTO and co-founder of Big Head, which partnered with these awesome people on the NFT side. And I've been an engineer, like sort of a, on growth teams or a founder for the, probably the last 15 years. Um, great. Okay. So now, uh, Morgan, you mentioned kind of this um, founding story uh, for, for Stoner Cats. Uh, can you maybe uh, dig into that and, and tell us the backstory of how this all happened? Absolutely. I'm actually going to pass the mic to Lisa because Stoner Cats was in her head, heart, and inbox for years before any of us. So she can start. Yeah. So let's day zero. Perfect. Lisa. Yeah. We, Mila and I met with um, Ash, Sarah, and Chris, the incredible creators, just a couple months before COVID really hit. And so we got to meet in person like human beings. And we just fell in love with the creative story. Um and, and we, you know, really looked at the idea of taking it out in traditional Hollywood ways. So where we would shop it around town, do, do, do all of the things that we do on a traditional show. And what we found was that our options were not as exciting as we wanted our, wanted them to be. Um, and it felt like people were willing to pay a tiny bit of money to take a lot of the ownership. And, and for our creators, that just didn't seem acceptable. So as we were sitting kind of creatively thinking, looking at the offers on the table, and we went, there has to be a better way of doing this. Um, and, and the creative had always been the idea of it, of it being this series of, of really bite, like filled little shorts. Um, and Mila was, we were on the, a Zoom with our creators and Mila yelled downstairs to Ashton and said, you know, asked him to come up and said, what if we did this as an NFT? And he was like, yes, yes. And just by chance, Morgan happened to be at their house. And he was like, literally the best person in the world to talk to you about this is right here. The other best person to talk to in the world is on my team. So immediately put us in contact with Morgan and with Maria. And um, and we were on, on our way. Um, can you uh, guys talk a, a little bit more about the, the concept? So... You know, you had been kind of thinking about this concept and the shopping it around kind of the usual uh, venues, um, but people kind of weren't uh, offering you uh, great terms for it. So, like, what was it? Uh, what was it initially? Well, the idea behind using well, NFTs well, it's was wonderful. essentially a way to. Oh. I, the, the idea Go behind using NFTs was, was initially a way to think about how we could reverse finance content. Um, right. So we know that we wanted to create this content um, and in order to rather than selling it to a studio, we thought that maybe we could actually use the fans and, and the community to actually sort of uh, fund the content it is that they want to watch. And what the Sooner Cat NFTs get you is um, access to a community of, of other folks who are interested in new content creation models um, and then also access to watch all the content that we create, not just with Sooner Cats, but also with future properties that we want to want to make in this in this way. Um, and so really the Genesis donor cat NFTs are, have, a, have a ton of long-term value, we think, because we believe that this model can and, and can work and should work um, because 
We believe that there's a world where storytellers need to be able to tell the stories that they want without the big studios sort of um, homogenizing their message or their vision. Um, and we want a way for, for, for fans and audiences to be able to connect with that content directly. Um, so we believe there's a world that, that you know, studios will continue need to exist and they'll continue making content their way. But we believe that there's, there's a new avenue as well. It's more decentralized where content creators can actually create um, the content that they want. And then the fans can be, uh, can participate in some way. So were NFTs always part of, of the project? Well, and not, in, and not, in, uh, not until mean, they... Go ahead, Lisa. No, they, they, you know, they really weren't. Our, our initial development of the project was really as a traditional adult animated project. Um, and, mm -hmm. and it was sort of a, a, a late, it was the idea of selling it as the NFT. Um, and, and Maria, really, who is such an NFT, huge expert, um, who really expanded on the possibility and then intentionally bringing in Big Head of what the possibility of what the NFTs look like. So the, the token mm -hmm. NFT, the art, all of that element really got added on. And we were so incredibly lucky and blessed that we had an amazing artist who had already created these characters, had already drawn up character designs that had already you know, gotten deep into this world. And it seemed to mesh together really beautifully. I mean, I let's, you know, what's our, the Hollywood side, we learned a lot. I was going to just say, I think it's an important point that they did not start with, like, we want to do NFTs. Because I think that that is a lot of the perception, which is like every celebrity is like NFTs. That's something that I'm supposed to be doing now. And that was not the case. Like, they had this show. They had made the show. And the traditional funding routes were just not right for this content because it's drug content or they didn't want to have to change anything because mm -hmm. they feel they made something good. So they had a problem. And then to Lisa's point, they were like looking for solutions to solve this problem with NFTs being one of the proposed solutions. And even then, when Lisa mentioned that, like I was first brought in throughout the whole first conversation, I was like, does this actually need to be an NFT? Does this actually need to be an NFT? Like we should keep checking ourselves because I do think we see a lot of NFT projects that don't necessarily need to be NFTs. Like they could have existed in pre-crypto, pre-NFT worlds. And just to give, to highlight John for a second, like he is starting this company, Big Head, which is helping to make magic happen in the NFT world. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, so you can put them in your mouth. But like, like <laughs> that sounded weird. Well, like when we first reached out, I think that you guys were like, oh, like Mari had been like reaching. I think they were like, oh, another celebrity trying to do NFTs, like get in line. It sounded like that was uh, that was part of why you chose us, because we our first reaction was like, well, that it doesn't make sense to just do a regular old NFT drop. Like there has to be something there. It has to be like the things that we want to do at Big Head are things that have never been done before. Technically um, have are like unlocking something huge. Um, something has to be like like the point we often talk about an NFT project is going to be here as long as Ethereum is here, which means after we're dead, maybe like really, really long term. And it has to matter that much. Uh, and part of the reason that we signed on for this was when we brainstormed together and we got to this point of what became Stoner Cats or what Stoner Cats became, which was the show, but also the production of it and and like lifetime membership in this sort of production company and everything they ever make and decentralizing even some decision making and how far can we push that there's just so much that's never been done before that's exciting and i don't know what the latest number is the 
a couple of other people have jobs where they're looking at the macro numbers in the world, but I think it's like a $2 trillion industry for global entertainment. And Ethereum should have some big chunk of that if this works. That's incredibly exciting. And I think it's important also, so we've seen a lot of projects that have come out and you know, released NFTs as part of it, but a lot of that felt like merchandising rather than actual like, participation or like a utility. And mm. we thought that the idea of, of being able to unlock using the tokens like sort of like an access token to unlock content, not just today, but in perpetuity was different and exciting. Um, so that, that's kind of why I went with that model. So, so Maria, maybe we can uh, take a step back and you can kind of walk us through exactly kind of what um, Stornicats is and does. What the NFTs uh, do? Yeah. Like yeah. what's what's kind of the uh, basic kind of uh, I like story of of the show? Uh, what do uh, NFT owners get? Like what's what's the um, um, the uh, like the model going forward? Yeah. Just like a broad overview. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the show is about uh, this elder woman, Miss Stoner, who is uh, dealing with Alzheimer's. Uh, and, uh, you know, when she, she, she uses cannabis as a mechanism to like help, help with that and alleviate her symptoms. Um, and, uh, when she does that, she hotboxes her house. And when she hotboxes her house, the cats become sentient and they can talk and they get, they have fingers and toes and they can run around. And, and the pilot episode really introduces the, 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 the six characters, um, in the six cats in the show, uh, and sets them up for sort of what's going to come in the, in the, in future episodes and in the, in the first season. Um, so the way that the NFTs actually works, initially we released 10,420 NFTs. Each one is centered around one of the seven characters in the show. So there's 20 Mrs. Donors, 400 uh, Lord Katzingtons, which is Vitalik's character, and then 2,000 each for, for the remaining characters. Um, and what that NFT gets you is it gets you access to watch the content. So if you if you want, mm -hmm. if you hold one of the Stoner Cat tokens, uh, you can actually watch the content tomorrow, starting tomorrow at 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Um, and then when future episodes are released, your Cerner Cats token will also unlock those episodes. Um, so you need to continue to hold a token in order to watch subsequent content that, that's being created. Uh, and so for Stoner Cats, and this is an animated short series, so the first episode is five minutes long. Uh, we're going to make probably about four to five more episodes for the first season. Uh, each one is about five to seven, seven minutes long and sort of centers around mm -hmm. one of the key characters in the show. Um, and then uh, the idea is that because these are the Genesis tokens, the Genesis Stoner Cats tokens, any new content that we sort of create using this model, uh, your Stoner Cat NFTs will get you access in or, in, to watch that content in perpetuity. And mm. so Big Head and um, Orchard Farm Productions, which is a production company that, that, that created Stoner Cats, are going to create some sort of DAO at some point um, that allows content creator, uh, sorry, the community to decide what content is created and participate in, in that process. Um, so the intention is, you know, we're doing Stoner Cats today and, and we believe that this model can and should exist. Um, and then we're going to continue to do it for other forms, of, other pieces of content that we, you know, that we have. Like Lisa likes to say that she's a drawer full of amazing content and amazing stories that should be told, but that studios, you know, for whatever reason, have don't want to make. Um, and so we have access to a lot of amazing talent and creators that we can loop in and that we can help create shows with. And the one and thing I would add is that we we should refer people to the Discord. We have a living document that is the roadmap mm -hmm. of all the things on the way to that sort of, we, we'll call it like the DAO 
future uh and there's a lot of steps on that on that direction but all of those are perks and community involvement um that also come with the nfts yeah and i think in like a perfect world yeah i think in a perfect world uh, you know as much as i have a wonderful drawer full of projects with amazing you know tested experienced creators we love the idea of giving opportunities to new creators to to be able to test run projects and see if, see if there's, if, see if they can do it, see if we can all do it. Um, so the idea of being able to give a, a, a new voice a chance is very, very exciting for me. Um, and so will, will each new show have its own set of NFTs or will this be kind of the kind of key NFTs like forever to watch all of the shows? Yeah, each new show, like we will have NFTs, but um, the Soda Cat NFTs are, are special in that they get you access to watch all of the content that's going to be created in the future. Whereas future NFTs will likely be just for that, you know, show or film or whatever it is, whatever that, that specific piece of content. Okay, got it. Um, so one of, sorry, um, one, one, one of the ahead. ideas that we think is really interesting is that um, you can kind of see a world where each individual person can sort of become their own decentralized studio, right? Uh, and you have all of these NFTs that give you access to watch variable content that you have participated in. Um, and so you can essentially have like all of these NFT badges that get you access to watch the shows that you actually want to watch. Um, mm. And there's something really exciting about the ability of, you know, trading them, right? If you're, if you're finished with a show and you want to give it to someone else, you can, and then they have access to watch all that content. Um, and it kind of, creates this new economy almost around how we not just fund content, but watch content and we distribute it. Oh, it's really there's interesting. A DeFi, there's a DeFi mm. angle there as well. I don't know if we, we want to get into that. Yes. <laughs> there's so many. So I'm, I'm not a DeFi programmer and I'm not familiar with those contracts, but I have to imagine there is a way for basically the, the you know, show is going to say, do you own this NFT? And there are ways to lease or fractionalize. There's like all kinds of money Legos that I'm really excited for, for the community to plug into and see what they do. Mm. Um, is this like already being like happening? Like, do, do you know of any, any kind of teams working on, on something like that? We're 13 hours in, so I don't know of any yet. <laughs> I mean, things move so fast in DeFi, like, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> they really do. That's true. Yeah, we. I don't know. I don't know if I've heard of any yet, um, but mm -hmm. there's been some that I've caught the occasional chatter. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. Um, I was OK, so this this is kind of like having it, it's um, it's like a different sort of streaming model right like instead of like buying a netflix subscription you buy an nft and this gives you access to to content uh but it's more composable like uh instead of having to cancel your netflix subscription you can sell it in the secondary market maybe even make money off of it uh, but because of how this thing is programmed uh the producers also get a cut so like um, it, you guys get basically like 2.5% of secondary market sales. Um, so it's like everyone wins, uh, in, in this kind of mar NFT market. Um, so that's really cool. One question I had was on, on the price, like, um, it was priced at like the primary market was priced at uh point 35 ETH, is that, uh, mm -hmm. right. 
uh, so around like eight hundred dollars, uh, um, which seems pretty steep for for like a streaming subscription. So I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on like what like what was the thinking behind the, the pricing of of these? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, whoever. I, I can jump in. Mario. Um, so. Yeah. Maria. So, I mean, one of the things that we have to think about is uh, how we bring the the traditional funding model for studios into uh, the NFT world, right? And so I know that a lot of NFT projects today are going for 0.08 ETH, um, you know, 0.35 ETH is on the higher side, but but we're really trying to bridge the gap between um, what traditional studios and, and how we can fund content, and then also like what the NFT world is is, is um, comfortable with. And so we thought mm-hmm. 0.35 ETH was a was a really happy medium where we could finance the rest of the show comfortably. Um, and what's really exciting also is that a lot of like most of the revenue goes uh, to the creators versus in the traditional studio model where they they get to keep the, keep that revenue. Um, mm-hmm. And so in order for us to create the first season of content, um, 0.35 ETH was sort of, you know, the price point where we needed to be at. Mm, makes sense. Um, so it, it, it was just like a matter of like being able to fund uh, production in the That's end. a big part of it. I mean, if you, th- if you yeah. look at the talent that we have behind the show, um, you know, they're all, they all come from traditional Hollywood. Our animators came from Pixar um, and worked on like a lot of incredible movies and TV shows. And so, this was really a project that came from, okay, you know, we're, we're working with A-list talent and, and creators. Um, and so we need to find a model that works for that. I think in, if, if for future projects, right, if we work with new creators or we work with, you know, other other types of talent, I don't think the funding mm-hmm. model, like we don't need to price every every project at 0.35, either. we have a lot of flexibility. And so I think it, the price point really will vary project to project. And we can test a lot of different, you know, models, um, you know, where we, we can have, you know, a hundred thousand tokens priced at a very low amount. And so then that gets, you know, everyone access to a show. So there's a lot of different models that we're playing with for this show, particularly, this is, this is the, the framework that we thought um, would work best. And I just want to use this opportunity to hat tip to the creators who, even with these price points, it was a huge leap of faith that they had to take that one, they would get paid at all. And two, they would get paid anywhere close to what they might get paid if they went a traditional route. So they took the risk that they might not get paid at all and best case would get paid less than what they would otherwise get paid because they're so confident that this is the future. So, yeah. And that's the piggybacking on that. That's one of the things I'm the most excited about. Like uh, this started years ago in the mind of a Pixar animator. And now we sort of get to say to all future Pixar animators that it is possible to quit your job and come build in nfts with the rest of this community and it is not even you know it's not like you know if you have kids and a mortgage and like all that stuff like it it is maybe even better to come to nfts and i think that really helps unlock a lot of the hollywood budgets or just like and i will say i don't know it seems like it seems like one of the things that ethereum does is bring people in i think it's going to start to happen and, and in those 13 hours, my phone's ringing off the hook with people, creators, like in, like incredible artists, creators, writers, directors who were like, what are you doing? How can we talk? Let's talk. So we're super excited about the, the talent that's that sees it and, and wants and wants to be part of that.
Um, Lisa, I, yeah, I'd love to hear kind of the, the creator perspective, like the Hollywood perspective. Like, what about um, NFTs is so exciting, I, like to people around you? Well, it's you know, to Hollywood development is long, and it is there are a lot of opinions. Um, some of them are good, and some of them are not helpful. Um, but ultimately, the people there, there's a, a limited number of people who are cutting the checks whose opinions unfortunately end up mattering more than the actual artist's opinion. And that's a challenge. And particularly when you're talking about trying to do something, I mean, you know, this is only, this is a woman who smokes medical marijuana, legal in most places. Mm. Um, even that, 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 just that kind of drug content was sort of untenable for a, a traditional outlets. Um, And the idea that we don't have to change our creative, the idea that, that our, our amazing writers, directors, animators can make the show they want to make. It's, it's just the most exciting thing because, you know, my biggest joy in the world is helping a creator bring their show to fruition. And through NFT, we're able to make the first six minutes are exactly how we want them to be. And then the idea that the, the community then can then, the community, the, the audience, as opposed to the studio, gets to have the input on the next parts of it, that's even more exciting. And, and that we don't have to make, you know, normally we'll have to make an entire season, and then we put it out. And so that even then, we don't, we don't know. Maybe somebody loves Mrs. Stone, or maybe they love Fifi. You know, we'll get to know mm. before we even start number two. Who do they love? Who do we want to, like, highlight more, bring in more? We have an amazing oh, vision for our season, but we have flexibility on how we do it. And, and um, to have this sort of immediacy is very exciting. Very, very. So Jonathan, like on the like NFT technical side, like what um, avenues will the audience and viewers have of making that feedback or, or like participating in general? Yeah, so... For like the most in-depth, I would say go to the Discord and check out the roadmap because that's going to be a living document that we all create with the community. Uh, we've had a few things that already turned around in like 24 hours that were community suggestions. Mm -hmm. um, so on the on on the um, decision-making side, I think where we all would love to get to is something like a DAO. Um, things we have considered are um, like a budget where the community gets to decide like what kind of merch are we going to do? Are we going to do merch or something else? Like like. Here's a piece, like, what can we do? Um, we're also thinking about, like, decision-making in terms of the content, like Lisa was getting at. Uh, one of the things that the artists brought up was there's an alleyway scene in the second, I think it's the second episode, and they want to put graffiti on that alleyway, and they want that to be mm -hmm. people's avatars uh, or their ETH addresses. Um, who knows, right? But the community can get to decide that. I think it's going to start off-chain, I'd love it to move on chain. So one vote per NFT or quadratic voting, something like that. Um, we'll, we'll get there together, I think. Oh, that's so cool. Like, okay, like having feedback on episodes, but potentially having a part in episodes as well, like maybe helping, yeah, create some of the graffiti or something. Um, I hadn't thought of that. That's really cool. Um, okay, I want to talk about the launch, which was yesterday. Um, And yeah, like I said in the intro, like things went really crazy. Uh, I think like pieces sold out in under an hour, like 40 minutes or so. 
um, 7.5 million was raised and it like really collapsed Ethereum network and gas prices were went to like a thousand way. Um, so that's like good and bad. Uh, it just like shows huge interest, but um, also maybe some technical issues. So yeah, we'd love to get kind of your reactions to how, how that all went down. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it obviously sucks. Like everyone hated that. We all wish it hadn't happened. Um, I think that it's hard to talk about all of the nuances of something so complicated like that without boring everybody. But um, I think part of it is important to know that like every one of us wish it it was like able to, like Mila's first thing was like, why do we even have to have gas fees? I mean, it sort of like explained how the blockchain works. Uh, mm -hmm. on that part of it um but the first thing we had on our team call after the sale was they were like okay so what we know is uh you know it looks like wallets sort of fuzz their estimates and they try to like dial in and uh the ones that were under ran out of gas and on ethereum that means that you lost all your money and that really sucks but uh okay given that like the standard it's, it seems like is not to give like we just sort of say like that's that's Ethereum. Sorry, everybody, and we don't want to do that either. Um, so literally, mm -hmm. the first thing out of Ashton's mouth was like, "What can we do that's above and beyond?" Right? Like, do we know who these people are? Yes, it's on the blockchain. Um, we know all kinds of information about who it was and when they were and how much money it was. Um, so we, you know, obviously it was that conversation was twelve hours ago or something. So we don't have great answers. But, you know, the intention and the commitment is we're going to find things to do that are incredible for those people. Um, I'm spending a bunch of time running down the answers of like, okay, uh, other founders of NFT projects, what did you do on this point? And it's like basically the same. Uh, what was your code? And it's basically the same. We had, we had one extra string concatenation in there, and that has nothing to do with the estimates. Um, I talked to a advisor of ours at OpenSea. What you know? What are you thinking? And he said the same thing. It's like, no, it looks all it all looks normal, but holy crap! Wow. How many people? And so that uh, I'm also getting in touch with MetaMask, and we're going to talk directly to them. So mm. it, there's a lot of stuff going on, um, but yeah, I think what it looks like is just the scale of. I don't know if we've talked about this publicly, but the scale of the launch was uh, possibly the biggest one that's ever happened. Um, I know Alchemy. How had many the, people participated? I don't know. I don't know that number off the top of my head. I know we had to five x our Alchemy SDK. The well, okay, the, I don't know if that matters for this audience. But so Alchemy is a service provider that lets you talk to the blockchain. They five x our enterprise plan. Uh, Fission set up custom caching for us. I know Fission was getting thirty five hundred views on the assets every minute, uh, hours after we launched, which is, which doesn't include OpenSea because OpenSea has their own cache. It's just incredible scale. And I also think we wow. brought a lot of new people into Ethereum, which is amazing. And part of the thing I was really excited about, but those people are not used to, you know, some of the collectors um, doubled their gas limit for no reason. Just that's what they yeah. do every time because they've had this happen before. And they, you know, every other drop that day had the same, same thing happen. But I, what it's looking like is that all, a lot of those new people, and there were so many of them, uh, got caught by this MetaMask thing. And just to sum it up, I mean, I think our commitment is to do a really freaking good job and like do right by them because they were early believers in us. And that's, that's really important.
Ah, uh, but I mean, how tough, like you, you don't really know exactly what happened or, or what, what went wrong. Um, so you're like on, on one hand kind of trying to figure that out and then also trying to figure out how to compensate, um, those, uh, people who lost uh, a bunch of money in transaction fees. And, uh, for context, it was around 780,000 uh, dollars lost in, in gas fees. So people who paid transaction costs, hoping to get an NFT, but the transaction wasn't approved. And so they lost, uh, that in fees. Um, and right. The question is like, was it something about the, the smart contract or was it something that was wrong with, uh, MetaMask? Um, and I guess like that, that question is still TBD. Uh, so, um, I would, I would, I mean, I'm biased because I wrote the contract, but there's nothing mm -hmm. even non-deterministic about the code. There's no branching. There's no if statements. There's no, sometimes it's less gas. Sometimes it's more, uh, mm -hmm. what it's looking like is it's down to like, what was the balance increment? Uh, how many op codes did Ethereum need to use to move the amount of balance? Um, we, we looked at blocks that had same, like literally the same block, same gas limit and some succeeded and some didn't. Uh, and it comes down to just tiny little, like a thousand away, like two op codes. Um, so I, I think we pretty much know uh, that it's just wallet estimates. And that's why I'm trying so hard to get in touch with mm. MetaMask themselves, because I, I think we should be leading the way in terms of, you know, what is the standard for all NFT projects to to do this? And we should probably work with MetaMask on that because they're the biggest wallet. And John knows that. Two things. One, that a lot of people sent me messages yesterday with their opinions of what we could have done differently. And then they would follow up five minutes later and be like, actually, nope, you did that. I, that's not right. So I think like a lot of people went through the circle of like, OK, we have a feedback for you. Wait, actually, we checked your code and it was OK. Wait, actually, this is a whole hmm. this is an issue with like the space at large. And then I also John also knows that I tried to send the transaction today and I had the same problem happen to me several times where it was an error on my end, but not during the launch, same issue happened. And John's like, can we tell people that you've made this same mistake to show people that I'm like, yeah. And I think the other learning lesson is how far we all have to come as a whole space on the education front, because we saw in the discord and on Twitter, there were some people who lost a lot of money in fees and they were like, yep, but like kind of the name of the game, like I up my gas because like I really wanted to get a stoner cat. And like when you do that, you you know that you are at the risk of losing that. And there were other people. Mm -hmm. And this is I, I feel terribly. We all feel terribly. And it was like their first time trying to buy an NFT, which was part of the whole thesis in the beginning as we were trying to bring pe new people into the space. And that's where like I will take responsibility for on the education front. Like we should have explained like, OK, if you submit a transaction, does it go through? You lose your gas. And that's like a very foreign concept, I think, if you're new to crypto. Yeah. It's like, wait, why? Like, it didn't work. But it's like, that's how it works. So we just have a long way to go on the education front. Us as a team, but also like all of us as a space. And that's why your podcast is great. So hopefully oh, someone's listening. I mean, and now you know. <laughs> you can lose your turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lisa, how was that experience like uh, from kind of like, I don't know, seeing how people in crypto react. Like I, um, it, it, it can be kind of pretty scary, uh, to look in, in the discord and Twitter and like, see everyone's kind of 
reactions. I, 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 I'd imagine it's kind of pretty different from just like non-crypto world and, and, and projects are not. I mean, yes, and no. yes and no. Um, I, <laughs> I certainly think that one of the big differences is kind of the rapidity with which, like how, how quickly this is all, it all comes through. Um, but I mean, we are used to, I, we, you know, we were used to negative feedback on Hollywood as well. We're used, we're used to hearing people who don't like things, um, whether, whether it's warranted or not, we, we, we're used to hearing that. So it's certainly something that we care about and something that we, we, that was a, it's been our very, very biggest concern, um, and the, our, our top priority. Um, but yeah, it is hmm. the, the entire launch for me as a, as a non, um, crypto native was very, very foreign. And really interesting. <laughs> like, what were you, what was the, kind of your reaction? Like, what, th what did you think about it? Well, I mean, I'm going to tell you guys the actual truth. I um, couldn't watch it. I, I, I literally had to, um, I was, I was on, on set for a, another project and um, I walked away from my phone for a few minutes to just like, I went and got a like a sparkling water and drank a sparkling water and then went and came back a couple minutes later and went, everything, how's it going? So that I could get in. But everybody, you know, that the, I think the, the crypto side people were, you know, staring at screens and I, I was um, having a, a, a wonderful w wait and see reaction. And we had a Zoom okay, room. Okay, that's pretty healthy. We had a Zoom room guns. We could it all be together. Like, we love each other. And Lisa calls in like after we had all been out for 15 minutes and she's like, just tell me how it's going. I just need to. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it's, and, and these people are, you know, cool as a cucumber. It's amazing. I know we were all sweating through our shirts for sure. <laughs> oh my God. How nerve wracking. Um, and okay. And then now, um, just like want to know more about like, um, uh, the like getting all these like huge names uh well i mean uh vitalik i, I guess like I i'd love to kind of hear how that went down like um approaching him um and like why because it's um it's not very like it's not something that like I would have expected of him, I guess, to to be kind of the voice of a cartoon character. Like it's not something that he he has done before <laughs> or like done anything like this. So how was that? Like how did you get him or like get him interested in this? He's a man of many talents. Um, as Lisa mentioned, <laughs> I was at Ashton and Mila's home when I first learned about Stoner Cats, and I was actually there because we were going to be meeting with Vitalik about something completely unrelated. And when mm -hmm. I first met Lisa and we're first in this call and we're first talking about the possibility of using NFTs for this funding mechanism, Mila, I think was very perceptive and right where she's like, if we're going to do this, we have to be like native to the community and we need, we have, we, there's another cat who we haven't cast yet. And we have to cast that cat with someone from the community. So it looks it's like we're all in this together. And I was like, well, Vitalik is showing up at your house in an hour, and I can't really think of any better cat than <laughs> him. And that was kind of how it happened. So we're having our meeting, and Mila and her natural spunky self, like, runs outside. And it's like, Vitalik? But she says it in a much beautiful, much more beautiful, like, Russian 
correct way, Vitali. Um, like we need you to be cat. <laughs> and he was like, Yeah, let's do it. She said it like in, in Russian? She pronounced his name correctly, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. <laughs> and <she said> Russian. <laughs> And he just like immediately said okay. He immediately said okay. I'm like, are you sure you know what you're saying okay to? <laughs> That's so amazing. Made sure he knew what he was saying okay to. And he likes to laugh and have a good time like anyone else. So he's a great support. Yeah, yeah. And we feel really lucky to work with him. On and it. it was our, part our of creative it was also team. Like, well, you know. No, go ahead. I was saying our creative team, when he came to record, you know, we, we, we recorded because of COVID, we recorded everybody remotely and they, they also didn't, they didn't know what, was he going to be able to like do act? So it was, um, right. it was really fun for the whole team to be like, what, what's this going to be? And honestly, he's fantastic. Oh my God. I it's can't wait <laughs> to see it. Um, so cool. And and that's where the whole kind of like, Vitalik in uh, Ashan Kutcher's and Mila Kunis kitchen happened, right? Like uh, that tweet that went kind of yeah viral. That's that, that was like after he said yes to, to do a story, like, month or two after, and that oh, it wasn't like that same meeting. No, no, he was like part of the team already at that point. I think that comes to the end oh, got the point, which is this whole process has taught us how far we have to go on the education front. So, as John alluded to, like in an early meeting, we all had. We were talking about how do we minimize gas fees for users like two months ago, three months ago, when this all started. And Mila asked, can't we call Ethereum and have them waive the fees? So we're like, oh, really valid <laughs> question. But yeah, we all laughed. So we're like, oh my gosh, we have such a far way to go in education. And there were many of those points that happened throughout the course of like trying to do this thing. So we were like, okay, we need to explain crypto in words that non-crypto people understand. And that's where the crypto with Kuna is education series came from i love it and then <laughs> when so it cool. like, happened to be in the same place and we're like this has to happen so hopefully there's more of that coming also and that's like an ancillary gift to the community that we can give back and just like help educate people who are new to the space this might get a bit in the weeds but like did you consider using layer two to reduce um gas fees yeah we did um, I use layer two, like most weeks. I, I like layer two. Uh, I'm a developer on Ethereum and all of the warnings and errors and like, uh, MetaMask throwing up, like, don't do this thing. Someone is probably stealing your money. It's just a really, the experience is not there yet. Mm. And when we were going through the process of like, okay, we have so many new people. How are we going to explain to them, not just Ethereum and wallets and get them a wallet and get it out of Coinbase, because it's probably going to Coinbase first, and teach them about Coinbase jail, and then they transfer it to a wallet, and then we have to teach them about what alternate blockchains are, and bridges. And it just starts adding up so fast yeah. um, that it seemed like it wasn't worth it. And we would also, you know, people were very sensitive about, like, amounts of gas from the very beginning, and so paying gas to get into a side chain or a, another chain, and then paying gas to get their NFTs out where the secondary market's going to be, uh, just like the net of them seemed like it's not the not the way to go for this project. Uh, but if we were thinking about something that had a very high transaction volume on the secondary market, we might consider doing that. Right. Do you think like an unfortunate lesson of this is that maybe 
Ethereum and NFTs like isn't quite ready for prime time. Like, could that be? Um, would you say that's a takeaway? I think it's. Go ahead. I was just I think it's ready from a demand side, and like that's where like yesterday I kept saying the Yogi Beer yeah. like it's so crowded, no one goes there anymore. Like people want it, so like that's pretty cool. So like these are all. I see this like. I am not making excuses. We genuinely feel horribly. Like it's a good problem to have for the whole space that so many people want to use this thing. And it's like, okay, yeah, like now we all have to get our shit together and fix it. Um, sorry, Mario, go ahead. No, that's pretty much exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it seems like NFTs, the in terms of product market fit or whatever you want to call it, is super ready for prime time. And mm -hmm. we really need to get optimism up on Ethereum. We need to get, shards up on ethereum and you know they're already they've been working on it the ethereum foundation is incredible but you know i think that's one of the lessons and i think the nft community probably needs to experiment with with different drop models or not drops at all um can we mm -hmm. can we introduce some randomness ahead of time uh so that by the time you're actually buying there is no rush it's already been decided who gets how many um there's a lot oh, of interesting i think interesting I don't know, call it game theory or economics theory, things that could be introduced. I think there's a ton of innovation to be done on top of, you know, the, the basic drop idea. And I think this is, you know, since this was maybe the biggest one ever, I think it's just a giant spotlight of like, yeah, this doesn't scale yet. And does Ethereum get there first, the the layer, the platform layer, or does do apps get there first with psychology and game theory and things like that? That's an interesting thought. Like, it's uh, it seems like apps are front running Ethereum on on just like you know being there. <laughs> it's like apps are there, like people want to use these things, but um, Ethereum still kind of has kind of these scaling issues uh, to figure out to work. Yeah, through. and I think to their credit, or, or you know, to be fair to them, they've been thinking about one five nine five nine forever. They've been thinking about optimism yeah. forever. They've been thinking about sharding forever proof of stake is coming after years of work and i think they just really care about getting it right and so they're going to be a little slow but yeah, yeah i would uh, i think that's part of the reason i like building on ethereum because i know you know they're the security layer right if they actually take ethereum down we're all screwed and i don't have that worry which is pretty rare mm. totally um okay and then lessons for just like the broader um creative uh community uh or just like creators in general uh what what would you say like your takeaways were from from this well i think one of the big takeaways is that there was there was significant demand for this project and for sort of this new model of creating content this way and and being able to see you know this this the show come to life and being able to participate in some way, participate in the creative process in some way. Um, so I think my big takeaway is, you know, the, the theory works and we should continue to pursue it and figure out what the right approach and the right model is. And, and, but I love the idea that there are other folks out there who are going to see what we did with stoner cats and try to replicate it in some way. There are other creators out there who now can have an idea and they want, they have a story that they want to tell um, and they can use this model themselves and 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 create the content that they want they want to create. And then fans and audience members can can fund that content and can participate in it in some way. As I don't know if this I is know, I'm gonna be Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. 
Okay. I know I'm going to be telling everyone Ash's story. Ash is the Pixar animator who came up with this and grinded for years and found a, another like a team of animators and found Lisa's team. Um, and then like, I'm pretty sure animators don't get, you know, production credits and, and like ownership and stuff. Like uh, a mm. friend of mine, Dan said, this is, it doesn't sound like making things a little bit better. It sounds like making things impossible possible. And that's really, really exciting. Um, so I would, I would tell them Ash's story. I would say, get out of your big company. And if you got a good enough idea and something can be, you know, the first ever on Ethereum or a really interesting experiment or something that's aligned with the ethos, bring it, bring it in NFTs. It could be not, not just great for the NFT community, but great for you. It could get content out there. It could get your story told. Um, it's good for them financially. There's just so many reasons why the best and brightest should come to Ethereum. Very cool. I was going to add just, I don't know if this is contrarian, but I think we are as a human, like zooming out from crypto, like as humanity in a phase where the power is with the people. So, I mean, you're seeing this in politics, you're seeing this with social movements, you're seeing it now with like the power is going to the people. Like what, what content do you guys want to see? We'll do it. But in the case of StonerCats, the learning lesson for people that are going to launch projects is like, the community is so effing important. Like we feel it was just like an instant shift of like, we were working on zoom calls to like, we work for you now, <laughs> like anything, like we are on our knees for these people. Um, which is what, that's the point. Like that's deserves. Like that's like, they bought the things and they just, and it was just such an instant power shift in a positive way. I feel like on the team where it's like, Oh my God, mm -hmm. someone in the discord said this. Oh my God, someone said this. So I don't, think you can be successful if community isn't really core to what you're doing and you like treat that as a first class citizen and we were by no means perfect um but that was a big learning lesson for me uh right i mean i think that's that's such a great point like you go from doing something top down to just like listening to to the community first and and just like building with them um and have that that instant shift once once a token is there or when like once an nft is there like this kind of economic um incentive or means that just instantly changes changes everything um it, it's just like been such a kind of powerful tool uh in general, I think for, for communities, for organizing people. Um, and, and like I said, like I was saying before, like it's, it's been so interesting to see how this is now bringing artists into crypto where it was like a space that was hundred percent focused on speculation and just like financial, um, applications, uh, now seeing it, how, how, like how this new, uh, paradigm or like like these new kind of economic primitives work in um in like the creative environment is just like fascinating so it's really cool like you're kind of at the forefront of of this kind of new way of making stuff so it's uh it's cool to see um okay and then what's what's next like uh first episode uh, coming up like wh when when is that happening can you give us like any spoilers on like what 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 that's about? Um, just like what what should the community and like audience expect? 
Well, I, tomorrow um, at 2 p.m. Pacific is is when people can view the first six minutes. And um, spoiler, I mean, it's there's a lot. You, you get a premise. So our first, their first few minutes are a lot of meeting the cats, getting their personalities, getting the dynamics, meeting Mrs. Stoner. It's um, you get to meet Lord Capsington, which is pretty awesome. Um, so th that's on the creative front, our very first thing. And then we're already, I mean, all we're talking about right now on my, on my side, a lot of what we're talking about right now is, all right, what can we, what can we engage the community in on, on the creative side? So we're putting all together, all of those options right now so that we can start our first, um, academy meeting, a cat, a me, cause we like puns, <laughs> um, to, to get everybody together and, um, and talk about, talk about what's next. So have you only shot kind of this one, one episode? We have, but we have all the character designs and stories ready to go. Um, and with this, you know, our first episode was Ash, Sarah, and Chris doing this themselves, Ash hand drawing everything by himself. So like old school, like, er, I mean, old, old school wow. um, animation, he could do 10 seconds a day. So that's, that's how long it took. Um, and so we're very excited to wow. get him some help so that he can, so his poor hand can recover, frankly. <laughs> Amazing. Very cool. Um, great. Um, well, I mean, this has been such an interesting conversation. I love kind of hearing the backstage of how uh, this all happened. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any any kind of last thoughts, uh, like things that you're most looking forward to um, or just like, I don't know, comments on like um, one of the NFTs going for 77 ETH, so like over $100,000. <laughs> Oh, in the secondary market i mean to me that just he said looks like there was there was a lot of yeah. the early critiques were like this is so expensive everyone's you know they just hated the price everyone's gonna lose their money and all that that was the main story and to, to, to me it seems like it, it sounds like an early believer uh being like incredibly highly rewarded for believing in this type of content production and like changing like basically signing up for our mission and, and like it's really amazing that they made that much money from it that's incredible mm. And, and, and we told Ash that too, the animator, and he was like, "What do you mean? I've more than I've made like all my art sales. Like that might pay for my art school. <laughs> it's Amazing. just an incredible feeling." Just goosebumps. Um, and Jane Fonda is super excited about that. <laughs> super excited. <laughs> yeah, she's a hot commodity on OpenSea. We need to get her on OpenSea. Yeah. <sighs> she's the coolest. Oh my god, is she like I don't know, like testing all this stuff out? Like experimenting with <laughs> MetaMask <She's>... or <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Jane Fonda on MetaMask. Like, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Uh, that'd be amazing. All right. Well, amazing stuff. Um, really great chatting with you. Like super interesting what, what you're doing. And yeah, I can't wait to see uh, the Vitalik Stoner Cat make uh, his first appearance. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Of course. And before we close, here's another word about our awesome sponsors. The Index Co-op is on a mission to make crypto investing simple, accessible, and safe for everyone. 
They've built the market-leading index products, DPI, the DeFi Pulse Index, MBI, the Metaverse Index, and BED, for one-click crypto exposure. Additionally, their flexible leverage series grants safe 2x exposure to popular crypto assets like ETH or BTC, with low liquidation risk and low cost to maintain your position. To buy or learn more about these products, go to indexcoop.com. Experience DeFi. Deposit, earn, and borrow on Aave. Aave is a decentralized, open-source, and non-custodial liquidity protocol to earn interest on deposits and borrow assets. Deposit and start earning interest in real-time directly in your wallet, and swap any of your deposited assets at any time to get some of the best deals on the market. Aave protocol liquidity pools are now available on Ethereum and on the sidechain Polygon. Head over to app.ave.com to get started today. Ensign provides an easy way to build, scale, and monetize DeFi investment strategies. If high gas prices are shutting you out of DeFi, fear not. Ensign is now running a gas subsidy program. The app makes it easy for investors to pull together on strategies lowering costs. The Ensign interface allows anyone to trade, lend, deposit to AMM pools, farm, stake, and more. It is a non-custodial solution and allows for real-time reporting, security, and transparency. Sign up today on Enzyme.finance. Don't let high gas costs keep you out of Ethereum. At Balancer, you can trade all you want and get most of the gas costs back in your pocket. In their new Bal for Gas campaign, traders are receiving six figures worth of Bal tokens every week. And with V2 just around the corner, Balancer is becoming the one-stop shop for DeFi liquidity. Balancer V2 brings stable pools and weighted pools tightly integrated under a single protocol, flash loans, lending via asset managers, and much more. Check it out at balancer.finance. The new Kraken app is one of the best places to invest in some of the most popular DeFi assets like Uniswap, Aave, Polkadot tokens, and more. Just download the app and get started in minutes. Plus, you can earn additional rewards through Kraken's industry-leading staking product. Payouts are twice a week, and you can earn up to 20% annually on some of your favorite cryptos. Sign up today at kraken.com defiant, or type Kraken in the App Store to learn more. I'll continue to interview all the major founders and influencers in this emerging space. When DeFi eats the world, you can say you heard them here first. Tune in next week.